only goal with this podcast is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, Spike! Hi, buddy! Hi, Spike! (laughs) Also, Mr. Eric Robertson. Old news. Hi, Spike! Um, well, now he's all excited and he's going to make a bunch of noises. We'll take his collar off. Spike is our little Jack Russell Terrier. He's a weird dog um, and we love him dearly. And you know who else we love dearly? <laughs> you! We're so excited that you're here. I've got a delicious episode for you today. This is episode 141, How to Create Your Dreams and life with joy. And I am going to be talking to you about creating, um, how important it is to create. And I am just coming right out of, have you heard? Have I mentioned it? Um, Right out of the process of creating my book and working on my book. And I'm just... I'm real chill right now. Like, I'm really chill these days. People are like, oh, Allison, hey, like, uh, we need to get a call scheduled. I'm sure you're really busy. And I'm like, I actually have nothing scheduled. Uh, Would anybody like to call me and ask for anything? Because... It's like the only thing I've had scheduled and been able to really focus on for the last like six months was the manuscript. And now that it's turned in, it will be a few months before I get edits back and need to work on it again. It sounds so fancy. The manuscript. Do I sound so fancy? So I have, what I'm basically saying, which is bragging, is um, I'm coming out of this creation process, and I had such a positive experience creating, and I've just been thinking so much about our need and ability to create. So I've got four post-it notes that I kept on my wall that guided me and really were my like four things that I focused on that helped me create with such joy. And as I was thinking about, okay, yes. Okay. Like, so maybe you're not working on a book. Maybe you are. Think of something that you're working on or think of an area of your life even, like maybe a relationship or um, you're trying to figure something out or you're you're working on something. These four post-it notes I'm going to share with you are applicable whether you have a creative project um, you're working on, even if it's just some crochet, right? Whatever you're creating, these, these four post-it notes ideas are going to be helpful for you. And before I hop into them, I just wanted to say, let's just take a deep breath. This is for me mostly. I'm so happy you're here. My energy is really high this morning. Um, <laughs> Eric's experienced it firsthand. I feel I feel really good. So I just need to take that deep breath um, and and not, you know, fly a little too close to the sun. But I've been listening to a lot of audio programs from Clarissa Pincola Estes. Um, She wrote Women Who Run With Wolves. I love saying her, I say her name with like a more intense accent every time I say it. Clarissa Pincola Estes. I just, I'm obsessed. Oh, I'm so obsessed with her. And she's got lots of audio programs. The book, Women Who Run With Wolves. So this is kind of like a flashback in old school. Getting bookie with it. Na, 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 If you haven't read The Women Who Run With Wolves, woo 
Oh man, you're in for a treat. Unfortunately, there's not a full audiobook version of it, but even like the two and a half hour kind of sampler they have on Audible is worth it. It's worth the credit. It's worth the purchase. So then after I've done that, and I have the book, but I started listening to a lot of her other programs, and there's one I'm listening to right now that is just feeding me, and it's called The Joyous Body, and it's focusing on, I'm such a geek. I am like, I, I hear myself speaking and I am my mother. Like, when did this happen? But it's on archetypes of the wise old woman. I just want to share this one idea. She was she was talking about um, orchards and the trees. And she was actually talking about the body. But I had this idea come to me as she was talking about this, that if you have a fruit tree and it becomes super overgrown with fruit and you don't take the fruit, you don't pluck the fruit, it can kill the tree. It can be very detrimental and hard on the tree. As she said that, she she was talking about the body and, and it goes into a whole different direction. So I don't want to distract us, but I was thinking about ideas and how if we imagine ourselves, and I love, I always love thinking of myself like a tree. I have roots, I have branches, I want to be deeply rooted, but then the branches are reaching upwards, the masculine energy reaches upwards, and the feminine energy is rooted into the earth. The the fruit are our ideas, our concepts, our creations, our thoughts that we want to bring into fruition. And what so often happens is we don't harvest our fruit. We don't, we don't pluck, (laughs) we don't, we don't pick the fruit for fear, for doubt, for rejection, for shame. We don't think we're enough. We don't think we're qualified. Well, only two people are going to see it. So what's the point of it? Or it's just a silly project I'm working on for my friends or just insert your excuse here. And how, if we don't focus on reaping The fruit, we're not being a good tenant of our body, of our mind, of our spirit. That's kind of my intention with this podcast episode is to help you and me. I'm going to share my experience of being a good orchardist. If that's, I don't know what it's called, but plucking my fruit. You, Eric and I talked about this last night and, and kind of one of the ideas we, we thought we're thinking about is, and you just were talking to our 10 year old about this, the idea of we need to c- create before we consume. And when we consume much more than we create, we, we really feel unbalanced and kind of icky. Yeah. So what were you saying to Ginger? Oh, well, I mean, obviously screen time's a, a, a thing. Yeah. Cause we have three kids and they love their freaking screens. And so do we, but we <laughs> talked about yeah, like consuming on the screen and then creating. And our kids do this thing called Scratch, which is Yeah, like, they love it. This, it's kind of like coding and they make these little videos. And we talked about how that's creating. And and I and I talked to Ginger, like, notice how you feel after you do this compared to when you mm. watch a couple hours of The Simpsons. Yeah. And she said, yeah, it feels way better. And so we talked mm. about, like, the balance of creating versus consuming. And sometimes I play video games. Yeah. And Ginger's like, you play that all the time. And I'm like, Ginger, I just wrote music for seven hours. Yeah, get off my back, (laughs) (laughs) 10-year-old. She's so good at calling us out on stuff. Like, do you remember she was like five or six? She wanted to play a game and we're like, we're tired. And she's like, why do you have kids if you don't even want to play with them? Yeah, why'd you have us anyway? (laughs) 
So um, the idea was, and they were stoked. They're like, yeah, that sound, that makes sense. We got to create. I love that you brought that up with our kids because it's something that we try to teach ourselves and enact ourselves. But what a powerful concept for for kids as well. They they seriously loved it. They latched on. They're like, that's cool. Yeah, we're going to create some stuff before we consume. And they thought that. of ways they could do it. They were like really excited about it. And I love the visual of this just overgrown. We have a next door neighbor and she has this apricot tree that will create so many apricots, has so much fruit that the only way to harvest any of it is just to put a sign out and have neighbor invite neighbors to come and pick the fruit. And when that doesn't happen, and even when that does happen, there's just all this rotten fruit that falls to the ground and it creates this big mess. And what I just think it's such like a sexy, I love it. It's such like a powerful, you can tell what kind of mood I'm in over here, but it's just like, <laughs> I'm just like it's just like a, a sexy, um, beautiful, powerful visual of the fruit tree being overripe, overgrown with fruit. So how do we, we harvest it? And that's what I'm going to share my four post-it notes that, that guided me. And first, I also want to say specifically, when I was in the book bubble the last month, because I'm going to be honest, I wrote like 70,000 words in like less than four weeks. I basically wrote the book in a month. So, um, and we're, of course we'll edit it and it will take more time. And there was a lot of the prep work, but I just went into a bubble and that, that was a luxury. We, we usually, I mean, I've worked for a decade to create that for myself to be able to do that, but also very lucky to do it. Um, But one thing that I focused on before I would write, um, so I just want to talk about some practices that helped me in creation mode that I'm trying to stay very diligent about was meditation. And we did an awesome guided meditation. I mean, rave, beautiful reviews that people are sending me on Instagram of what they felt like after listening to it. So that's episode 140. Meditation. And I prioritized good sleep over anything else, actually. I was just thinking about that. I even prioritized, which is rare for me to prioritize sleep over exercise. I prioritized sleep over exercise. I prioritized going quiet and alone time. I, I also listened to a lot of um, a band or a, a choral group that I love called A Beautiful Chorus a lot. And a lot of what they do is just so beautifully harmonize mantras over and over. And I utilize the power of mantras, which are scientifically proven to help change and, and mold your brain for the better. Um, I utilize the power of mantra a lot. Um, repeating sometimes for, for 10 minutes, I would just, you know, go about my day saying the same mantra over and over, especially when I was in a, a place of great fear and doubt. And I'll just share one of them as an example with you. My good friend, Crystal Sparks, she has an awesome podcast. She's a pastor in Texas. She had a, a conference early, earlier this year when you, we could still travel and still have fun. And she had this right girl, right place, right time. I remember almost for an hour one day, I just said, right girl, right place, right time. Well, I was getting, um, I was having some like physical therapy work done. And the whole time I, I just returned to that mantra, right girl, right place, right time over and over. And when I would go to sleep at night, I would say that to myself and it just made a really big difference. I, I skirt around spirituality a lot because I, I always want to be really inclusive, but spirituality is, is such, and by spirituality, I mean being connected to a greater power, whether you call that God or universe or energy or even flow or quantum physics. But one thing, another mantra that I really, really latched onto was um, with God, all things are possible. And I, I would say it to myself every night as I fell asleep over and over. And I'd say it when I woke up and it, it was just... 
It was just a beautiful time, this little book bubble time. So I'll tell you about the four post-it notes. And the first one is really funny. And I have to tell a little bit of a story about it. But the first one is, and these were the four post-it notes that I kept up on my wall and looked at every time all day long, but also before I would go into writing to help me create with more joy. Because again, the, the point of this episode is to create, but there's a lot of obstacles to creation. And so these are my four post-it notes and some of the practices I just shared for creation. And the first post-it note says, you have nothing to worry about. You're already a star. Is it a quote from Coyote Ugly? Yes. Thank you for asking. It actually is. So when I went to St. George for a little writing trip all by myself, um, one night at the hotel, Coyote Ugly, and I love the movie, Coyote Ugly was on the TV. And Vi, Violet, is the main person in it, and she she wants to get her songs heard. She wants to create and share, but she's too nervous to sing live. And when she leaves her waitressing job to move to the big city, I'm impressed with how good I can relay this um, synopsis of Coyote Ugly. But when she she leaves her waitressing job to move to the big city, there's a tradition where she signs a like a receipt, and then it's like the, that diner gets her first signature, right? Her first autograph. And so she's really nervous at the end of the show. She's going to get up. She's going to do her big number that, of course, gets bought by Leanne Rimes later. She goes, Dad, I don't think I can do this. And he pulls out the receipt that, that has her autograph on it and says, you have nothing to worry about. You're already a star. And kind of like, hey, there's nothing to be nervous about. You're a star. I bought, I bought your autograph for $20. And here's the reason why this resonated with me. About a year and a half ago, I was shopping at a party supply store for a birthday party. I was just in my head, thinking, thinking, beating myself up. I got to do this and I got to achieve this and this will never happen and I'll never get this done. I was walking by these little plastic trophies. And I have a symbol. The star is like a special symbol to me. And I saw this star trophy. It's a plastic, like five-inch trophy with like a gold plastic gold star on it. And I had this thought. And I thought, you know what, Allison? If it's so important to you to get this recognition and to have these accomplishments and get praise, it was a little bit of tough love on myself. Like I had this thought process. If this is so important to you, you're going to buy this damn trophy and you're a star. And then let's just be done with it. Can we be done with it? Like this always needing to do more and be more and prove it and achieve. So I bought myself the star trophy (laughs) and it's in my bed. It's in my boudoir. Every time I look at it, I'm reminded of what Coyote Ugly put perfectly. You have nothing to worry about. You're already a star. How does this help you create? How does this help you pick that fruit and bring it into the world? It's the same concept of you're already as awesome as you need to be. We don't create to prove. We don't create to convince. We don't create to convince or sell or prove to ourselves or anyone else our worth. We create because we're creators. I mean, that is what humans are. I'm reading this crazy book about quantum physics and creation, and it talks about, you know, the different worlds of like, you know, like the atom and how does it get from like the molecule to the creation, like all of it, like I'm not smart enough to recap any of it, but this idea of we are creators, we bring thoughts and ideas from the non-physical world into the physical world all day long. And so- Man, that's bananas. 
You are already a star. You're already as awesome as you need to be. You're already a creator. And when you make your creation, whether it's um, an embroidery project that you're working on, dinner for a friend, or a book, or your job, or your kids, right? Like no matter, or a relationship, all of those are creations. And when you make the creation mean something about your value, it becomes very hard to create. Any thoughts on that? I feel like uh, I've been going through this the last couple of years mm. with the creation of my music library. Yeah. Where I feel like there's all this self-imposed pressure of what people will want and want to use. Especially because you and me, we're creating stuff that it's easy to start to think, well, if people don't want it, I shouldn't bother because it's we're literally getting paid. It's our livelihood. Exactly. Yeah. And I... I come out of it at periods of time where I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write for myself. I don't care if this is going in the library. I don't care if it's for a client. Like, this is just for me. And But then I get sucked back in like, well, I've got to make money. I've got to do this. So I've got the next post-it note for it, okay, actually. Okay, cool, yeah. Yeah, but just that I love you bringing up that point. Okay, Allison, but what about like my Instagram and it's my business or a product? You know what? Eric and I, if we don't sell stuff... If you don't buy my calendars, if somebody doesn't book me for a speaking gig, if my book doesn't sell, we don't pay our bills. And it always works out. And sometimes we sell more stuff and sometimes we sell less stuff. And that is like, this is like, we don't, like, this is our full-time, two-income family situation. We're very blessed. We're very lucky. You're a creator. You have so many ideas. Folk, when you focus on the joy of the creation when you believe you know you have nothing to worry about you're already a star if that idea doesn't sell if that instagram post doesn't land if that song isn't anybody's favorite in your library you'll make another one and i, I you know i have a podcast episode all about this my salty past with instagram and how it can really you know ruin my happiness i, I allow it to and one thing eric always says to me especially when i was so caught up in it i've come very far it's not like every instagram post you're going to post is going to be the end all be all best instagram post that changes somebody's life. like kind of just put it out there and move on and i honestly like that is true no matter how severe and extreme it's the it's the true for my book it really is I, I worked very hard to get my mental and emotional state tuned in. And then I just trust. I just trust that what comes out is, is what I need to create. And that's it. Um, and that brings me to the second post-it note, which I think has been very, very helpful. And I think um, helps kind of talk about, you know, okay, I get in that, that space is who are you speaking to? And so for the book... I wrote on the post-it note, I'm speaking to the one who's at their breaking point. And every time I'd sit down to write, I would check myself. Am I speaking to the people who I think are going to criticize me? Am I speaking to the person and I wanted, who I want to defend myself against? Am I speaking to Brene Brown, who I hope reads my book and thinks I'm a genius? Am I speaking to my mom and worrying about what she's going to think when she reads this? I think when you're creating the song, you're speaking to your soul, you're, you're allowing your heart to express itself and the visualization of the one. And this is one of my favorite things about Jesus, that he counted the one. And you think about any person who makes you feel good, any person that you want to be around, they count the one. They're speaking to the individual. How can that not be enough? 
How can not one heart, one life, one person listening to this episode, how, how is that not enough, Allison? And so it was just this like reminder for me when I would sit down to write my book, of course it will reach more people than just those who are at their breaking point. And, and I want it to help all people feel awesome. But at the end of the day, the person that I feel called to speak to was the person who was at their breaking point. And can they grab my book and feel less alone in that moment? And that helped me so much. And so I think for your music library, when you focus on, like, who 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 are you speaking to? Well, in my head, I'm creating these video makers, you know, filmmakers. Yeah. What, what do they want? What does the industry want? And I'm like, and then that's that's when I get bogged down. I'm because like, it's not a one, it's a collective. It's a collective. Yeah. So. But when I create for myself and f- to make myself like stoked on the music, it's so much more fun and it always turns out better. So in that case, you're creating for the one, the one soul being you yeah. to find joy and light. And then I think um, in terms of like service, I think when you visualize that one video maker finding the perfect song, that gives you like a lot of um, probably like stamina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And so I was talking to a friend who's also working on a book and she's just tired because it's been a rough year. Like anyone else, I mean, she's had five, six huge, hard personal things on top of the year. And and I and I pointed that out to her. I said, you're tired and you don't know what to say because you're not talking to one person. Anytime I sit down and have a conversation with one person or a conversation with myself, I I, I just, I listen, I listen. And I think that's something else is when you're creating to remember if you're speaking to the one, when you speak to one person, just as important as speaking is listening. And that's what meditation and tuning in is. So that helped me, I feel like have a better, more fruitful conversation was I became a better listener as well as I wasn't just the one doing the talking. It really was a two-way conversation when the, when the work would just flow. Which brings me to post-it note number three, which is carefree flow. So here's what that post-it note meant to me. My intention for the book was to have joy while creating it. Because if I focus on the results, if I focus on, I want my editor to write back and tell me this is the best book she's ever received. Or I want, like, right? When I focus on, okay, this is going to be a New York Times bestseller and I'm going to sell this many copies. Or every time I focused on that, it stopped being about the creation and started being about the result. And the point of this podcast episode is to help us not leave that fruit on the vine. To, to, to harvest the fruit so we can share it. and Or just... Whether we share it or put it in a box or put it to a store or or just pick it so that there's room for more fruit. We all go through different cycles in our life. But the idea, that the sharing it, I think it helps us not be so precious. So that's why I do think it's it's great and important. But the, the third post-it note of carefree flow for me reminded me of that intention. I want this to reach hearts with joy. So from my heart, there will be joy. I would very much hit these breaking points or um, low points where the writing just felt like walking through mud. In the past, I would have let a goal or a, a number quota or, and, and I would get caught up in this sometimes and it would take the joy out of it and I'd have to check myself. Um, I had to give myself permission to turn my manuscript in late. I didn't end up turning it in late, but because the deadline was sucking the joy, I just said, meh, well, if it, tur- it gets late, it's late. They can come arrest me. They can cancel the book. If it's late, it's late. 
and just give myself permission to not let that deadline, which we do with money, we do with numbers. Deadline is code word for so many things. To not let that deadline suck the carefree flow. And so when I would hit that wall, when I would hit that breaking point, I would notice how it felt in my body. And I would notice that I would start to beat myself up like, oh, I need to keep writing or you're just being weak. You're just being lazy. And I got to the point where I'd be like, I'm going to stop. I just stop. I also got to a point where the only time I would take a break was when I felt crappy. One day, a week before the deadline, when I didn't have as much done as I wanted to, and it really didn't look like I was going to make my deadline, I was feeling really good. It was right after I had had the physical kind of therapy work done where I repeated the mantra for an hour. And I called Julie and I was like, I know I should go back to the office and write, but she's like, what if you took a break while you feel good? This is why Julie is just such an integral part of my life in writing. And she goes, what if you took a break while you felt good? And I went to the bookstore because I said, what would be fun? I don't even know what's fun anymore. But funny enough, the thing that sounded fun was going to the bookstore. So I went to the bookstore and I bought myself a big physical copy of Women Who Run With Wolves. And now we're full circle. And that's how I got back into Clarissa Pinkola Estes. How funny. And then it fed, it just fed my soul. And then I went to work the next day and I was just ready. And so carefree flow. I think the the practices I shared in the beginning of this episode, meditation, getting good sleep, and then taking a break when I feel good, all of those things are enable carefree flow. But the post-it note would always remind me, hey, are you having fun? You're not having fun. Nobody re- wants to read a book that you didn't have fun writing. That is one of my unique value propositions. I've got joy and fun to share. Let's all like calm down. That's what I have to share. That's not what you have to share. Ask yourself what it is that you have to share. And then what can you do to make sure you're sharing from that place? So the first post-it note was you have nothing to worry about. You're already a star. You're already as awesome as you need to be. Stop focusing on the achievement and the results, okay? You're already a star. Just focus on the process of creation. The second post-it note was, who are you speaking to? Speak to the one. And very often that one is you. And then uh, any good conversation involves a lot of listening, tuning in, listening, allowing, okay? And post-it note number three was, how do I want to feel while I'm creating? For me, I created a post-it note that said carefree flow. I think that's great. You can borrow that, but maybe you come up with something that speaks more to you. And post-it note number four, I wrote, it came to me as I was writing, and I feel like it's so applicable for anything, even if you're writing. And it was, don't worry where it goes, just keep writing, flowing. Don't worry where it goes, just keep writing, flowing. So what would happen is I would get really obsessed with where a certain piece of the writing I was working on was going to go in the book. And I would I would be in like this flow, but then I would start trying to figure something out. Anytime you're trying to figure it out, you've taken yourself out of flow. Flow is connected to our highest self, our source, our creator. It doesn't come from the thinking mind. It comes from connection. It comes from surrender. It comes from allowance. Anytime you start to figure you're thinking, you're not flowing. So my, my motto, my mantra was don't, don't take yourself out of flow to figure out and problem solve. Just keep writing which is very, very, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, you know, Dory. Why that's, it's not the frantic action. 
of Just Keep Swimming. And that's why I love Dory. Dory lives in the flow. She lives in the perfectly present moment because she can't remember the past or the future. And that's why she's such a lovable, almost Buddha-like character with just joy. She focuses on the one. This is so funny. I'm just thinking of this. Like she focuses on the one. She's excited to see everybody. She she's She's just such a lovable little character because she is a perfect example of living in the moment and flowing and her just keep swimming isn't I'm writing and I feel dead inside and I have to keep swimming and writing. It's flow. Often when we're flowing, we take ourselves out of it with the thinking, figuring out, projecting and planning mind. And so that was just my reminder. If I'm planning, if I'm projecting, if I'm figuring, I've taken myself out of flow. How can I get myself back into flow? What do I need to do? So those are my four post-it notes. And I just wanted to share them with you close to after. It's so fresh in my mind. It's such a fresh experience. Eric's like, what are we talking about? I'm like, don't worry about mom, worry about it. Mama's got it. Um, <laughs> it's just fresh in my mind. And I know that I'll forget it. And it was just such a such a beautiful, holy, light-filled experience for me. I, of course, like any good evangelist, (laughs) when I have that experience and feel that joy, would love to make it accessible to more people. So I really hope that that does that for you. One thing that I believe will help keep you in flow and helps keeps me in flow, just like these post-it notes are visual reminders. And so this is an awesome time for me right now to plug my year of awesome calendar (laughs) because that's what my year of awesome calendar is. It's a visual reminder. It's a very large post-it note. Each month for 2021, there's going to be an awesome attribute. January's is enthusiasm. And then there's four little challenges, like four little post-it notes that you keep up around you that invite you to focus on enthusiasm. And they're not things you have to do. They're not checklists. They're not things you need to accomplish. They're just thought shifts. They shift your thoughts. I would love if you want one of these calendars, you can um, head to the link in my, my profile, but that's why I believe in them so much is because they are a visual reminder to cue you into a state of flow and allowance, that that place of higher self. And every month is something different, like February is courage. Every month is something different. And I really, really created it to serve me and to serve you. It's something that I created from a place of flow that I believe in so strongly. Um, and I and I hope that it will serve you. And and we really appreciate it. Consider that the, the ad for... Um, the podcast, because as as we often say, we, we don't do a lot of sponsored stuff because we love to talk about our own stuff. And so we're just so grateful you're here. Eric, do you have a review for us? Yeah, this is a great This is by Hello Sar. They say, so I was laying on my living room floor wearing my blanket hoodie. This is my, this is my favorite. I love, this is what I'm talking about. I want to talk to the girl who's laying on her living room floor. Wearing her blanket hoodie. Yes. It was 2.30 p.m., I knew there was much to be done, but I couldn't get going. Now it's 3.30 p.m. My laundry is folded. I'm feeling happier and content with myself. I'm thinking about how I'm enough no matter what I have or haven't accomplished today. I think I might get outside and wash my car, then do a little Christmas shopping. Maybe I'll exercise. Or I'll finish that work task I've been putting off all day. 
The possibilities are endless. So what made the difference? What happened between the living room floor and the laundry folding? I listened to this podcast, episode 138. I'm not saying it's magic, but it's close enough. Thank you, Allison and Eric, for creating incredible content that inspires me and encourages me, even in the tiny baby things like laundry and stuff. Thank you so much for that review. What you said was magic because the question you asked, what happened in between laying on the floor and folding the laundry is you returned to your awesome. You returned to your creator self. You returned. You made the shift. You made the shift. That's what you did. And I'm so grateful, honored, excited that our podcast could aid you in doing that. But to be, you know, super specific, you did it. Hooray. Huzzah. That's what we're going for. Just by way of saying that sometimes returning to that self means we just keep laying on the floor because there's healing and feeling and suffering or pain that needs to be felt and needs to be given voice as well. And so I love that the moral of the story was I got the laundry done, but even if you had just laid on the floor with more compassion, that is a victory as well. Laying on the floor with more compassion is a victory too. So be sure to shoot us an email to awesomewithallison at theallisonshow.com. We appreciate your reviews so much. I just like telling you because I think it makes, we had two new reviews. So you think that your review doesn't make a difference? Well, there were two. Those two people made a really big difference. (laughs) Those two people made a really big difference to us. And so never forget the power of the one, just like the power of speaking to the one. We really, really appreciate it. So the calendar, you can get the calendar. Um, It's partywithallison.com or the link I'll put there. I hope that you feel empowered to do what you feel called to do. I hope that you get out there and create and share and tap into the sensual, powerful, just mm, mm, part of you that is the creator and that you find joy and peace and light when you do it. That is my hope for you. That is my wish for you. And if we could be any part of it, woo, yay for me and Eric. We love you. Only you can be you. And you're already as awesome as you need to be. My love, what are you going to play for us? Oh, we just uh, released a new collection called Summer Starved. If you're missing those, you know, hot summer months. Yeah, I love that for us. This is an awesome collection of like cool summer, upbeat, swanky tunes. The song's called Drum Break Love. And you can find it only at Pleasant Pictures Music Club. Use code Eric for 20% off. 